Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Football. We're flying without a pilot here. The old Dexter taking a, you know, we got a Monday night game. The Dexter's going to take a couple days off. And he said, here, you guys fly this plane. Don't crash it. I'm Purple Daily today. Presented by yeah, Quick Trip. And I'm trusting you, so. I don't even trust myself. So, okay, well, this, if, that could be bad news. If the screen goes dark, if the audio cuts out, then uh, we apologize in advance here. But this is Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment, where we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. And today we have a couple things for you. We have a little bit more reckless speculation. It is a reckless speculation Thursday here. Okay. Reckless speculation. Across Score North. And we have a state of the offense update presented by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, which was just named one of the 10 best employers in Minnesota by Forbes. So not only a great place to work, according to Forbes here, but also a great place to partner with if you run a business and you're looking for just better frontline protection, a better offensive line, so to speak, for your business. Federated comes in with face-to-face, eye-to-eye relationships and uh, value-added customer service going back to 1904. Go to federatedinsurance.com to find out more about how they can help elevate and protect your business. So let's uh, let's waste no time here getting into the reckless speculation, Judd, because Bill Barnwell from ESPN.com, he's kind of their analytics guy, mm-hmm. but he loves to speculate recklessly. Reckless Good at it. Speculation. He is. He understands the lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. So again, this is a this is a safe space here, and I will try not to attack anyone like I did when Judd tried to trade Christian Derrissaw a couple days ago. 
just still making the rounds on the internet. Did not try to trade him. I merely suggested that his name could be coming up in conversation. Now it's funny because people are now taking that clip around the internet and they're like lumping all of us in together. These guys want to trade. No, wait a second. We all actually said we wouldn't trade him. Judd was the one that pushed the idea. Yes. And, you know, and, and there is occasionally like one in every 10, the person actually listen to the episode so that person will try to explain to the people on twitter who are outraged no 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 they're just talking about this as a possibility because the team needs draft capital so badly but then it then it immediately gravitates back towards you no no zolgad's an idiot i actually saw for the first time in oh god probably 16 years 15 years i actually saw he's a packer fan brought up Oh, there it is. Yeah. He's trying he to the sabotage Packers 20 years ago. He's trying to sabotage the Vikings. He's a Packer <laughs> fan. God, it'd been so long. Just a greatest hits moment right there. It is. It is. So would you do these trades from Bill Barnwell? He just put together a bunch of trades that might make sense here and exactly what those trades would be. So, and before I get to these, I just want to tell for everyone who's sick of the, should the Vikings make a bunch of trades before the deadline discussion, we're going to hit you also with a bonus purple daily episode today, two purple daily episodes, reckless trade speculation and state of the offense. And then we're going to force ourselves in a bonus episode to carve a path to nine wins. I know this is going to pain you especially because I think it's the worst possible thing that you would prefer to see. Oh happen. God. Yeah. This would be. But we Absolute will purple Armageddon in a bonus episode. We will we will look at the schedule and we will carve a path to nine wins and see what that looks like as average but, as you could possibly be. All right. Yes. Would you do these trades? Let's start with this one. I think the first one, I think it's kind of a no brainer, but Jordan Hicks has been one of the best linebackers inside linebackers in the NFL so far this year. Mm-hmm. And so the trade idea here is a veteran injury replacement for Buffalo. The Bills would trade for Jordan Hicks and the Vikings would get a 2024 fifth round draft pick. Here's the write-up. Losing cornerback Tredavious White and linebacker Matt Milano to season-ending injuries in back-to-back games could sink the Bills who can't possibly hope to replace either star with the players available at this trade deadline unless the Broncos are willing to trade Patrick Sertan uh, and the Bills are willing to send multiple first-round picks it would take to get that deal completed. Milano is even more irreplaceable especially given that the Bills were already starting uh, starting over next to him at linebacker after losing Tremaine, Edwards in free ag- uh, Tremaine Edmonds in free agency. So it goes on to say essentially that Jordan Hicks could be that sort of, you know, November, December, January stopgap, a good veteran inside linebacker to keep that Bills defense formidable. The Vikings mm-hmm. would then be left with Ivan Pace, Brian Asamoah, and Troy Dye. But they sometimes don't even use more than one linebacker. Sometimes they don't use any right. linebackers. Correct. This defense. So Josh Metellus is a pseudo linebacker. Mm-hmm. Would you do this trade? Mm, yes, in a heartbeat. Yeah, absolutely. I'm cashing in on a veteran player who uh, mm, is not going to be here much longer. I'm giving that player a chance to win a Super Bowl. I'm getting a fifth round pick back. Yes, absolutely. I I don't think that's a, a like that is the that is the least I would expect type of trade. Like at at the very least. Um, I would probably do that trade if I beat San Francisco because I'm, I I need draft picks back and it's not so like, I think the immediate uh, reaction, I think where it's, it's somewhat confusing is I think part of the problem is people think, well, it's a fifth round pick. Who cares? It's a fifth round pick. 
No, it's how many draft picks do you have to work with to move around? Yes. So it's not it's not the fifth round pick from Buffalo, which you know very well could be a late fifth round pick. It's the ability to have picks in which I can play with then to then move around and make trades and move up possibly. And if I have a fifth round pick to throw into a trade, that is only going to help me. So it goes beyond just, well, that's a lousy trade. Hicks has been good and it's a fifth round pick. Think of it as a chip. It's a chip that can help you combine it with more chips to move around and strategize on what I'm going to do. And if, and, and what I say, a fifth round pick, I'm just yes. going back here. Yeah, fifth round pick. A fifth round yep. pick isn't going to be a chip that you would necessarily leverage to go to the top five and get your franchise quarterback. I mean, maybe you would like throw it in. But if you're looking to move up on day two, maybe you're looking to get higher up in the second round, or maybe you're mm-hmm. looking to package a couple picks to get from the yeah to the third from the third round of the second round, you would be using fourth and fifth rounds, uh, fourth and fifth round picks to do that, right? Important to keep in mind too that, that you know the, the quarterback discussion is is easily the sexiest one, and I totally get that, and I live the lifestyle to uh, to celebrate that. Okay, but you know, and I I brought this up a couple of days ago in talking about the uh, in the Darisaw scenario that was thrown out, but. This team has a lot of needs like this team. uh, Number one, like it or not, the 2022 draft still looks pretty damn bad. Mm -hmm. Um, Second of all, for instance, okay, I'm sure we're going to talk about a trade involving him. But if you're not going to re-sign Daniel Hunter, it makes sense to trade him. Marcus Davenport is almost certainly not coming back because if you can't stay healthy, you don't get re-signed. DJ Wanham is a pending free agent who I think is a backup. So now we're talking about quarterback. We're talking about an outside linebacker or plural linebackers who can rush. We're talking about nose tackle. So I understand that the, the, um, the ground floor of this discussion is always going to be, how do you find cousins replacement? But it actually goes deeper than that. You have a lot of areas in which you have need. And in a lot of cases it's premium position players. So like, it's not just like, okay, how do I get the draft pick to take a quarterback? Yeah. That's the starting point. The second part is you have a lot of other positions at which you just can't find guys. So like, if you get that fifth round pick and to your point, now you can move up in the second round. That's not for a quarterback. That might be for another important position. Edge rusher or something else. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, okay. This is the juiciest one. Okay. We Lions go all in for a star defender. The Lions would trade for Daniil Hunter. And they would be getting, so here's the trade. Lions get Daniil Hunter and a 2024 fifth round pick. Okay. The Vikings would get a 2024 second round pick. Injured edge rusher James Houston, who flashed last year, interestingly, is a young edge rusher, I think in his second year here. And then a 2025 third round pick conditional. So here's the write up. The Lions should go for it all, right? At four and one at the time of this write up, they're well ahead of the NFC North and just a game back of the 49ers and Eagles at the top of the conference. But aren't they tied right now? Aren't they all, uh, they're all one loss teams right now. So Mm -hmm. things have changed even for the better in the last week. Mm-hmm. Aiden Hutchinson is playing like a defensive player of the year contender, but no other Lions defender has more than two sacks at the time of this write-up. Houston, the injured edge rusher that the Vikings would get here, who surprisingly had eight sacks as a rookie last year, is out indefinitely after fracturing, uh, fracturing his right ankle in week two. 
Veteran Romeo Aquara has not been the same since tearing his Achilles several years ago, and Charles Harris is a solid player, but Detroit could dream of adding a second star across from Hutchinson on the edge. Danila is probably the best player with a realistic chance of being moved by this deadline. The 28-year-old standout has six sacks. Now he has eight. A league-high nine tackles for a loss through five games this season. And he's on a one-year $17 million contract after a holdout this summer. So would you trade Daniil Hunter and a, and a 2024 fifth-round pick for what would probably be a later second-round pick here, James Houston, who I'll tell you more about, and a 2025 conditional third round pick. It would probably be tied to like a sack total or something. Something. I would like to do something special here. I would like to take that bit of reckless speculation and add to it with a story that I saw this morning. Reckless speculation. Oh, wow. Tweet put out this morning. 2023 NFL trade deadline. Colon. Why Daniil Hunter should be a hot commodity. Source, the33rdteam.com. Author. This is, this is juicy because these guys are all. Author, Rick Spielman. Rick Spielman. Speculation. Here's, so here's the answer to your question. All right. If you need an edge rusher, Daniel Hunter right now is easily the best thing available to you. So would I do that trade with Detroit? That trade is only a starting point for me. I'm leveraging that. I'm leveraging it into, at the very least, a conditional first-round pick from somebody. Mm. I'm not taking a second-round pick now. I am going to be, and, and look, a second-round pick is not an awful return. But, for instance, let's just say the Detroit Lions or another team that needs an edge rusher, that's a contender, makes the playoffs, makes the NFC or AFC Conference Championship game. Well, I'm not going to walk away with your second round pick. That turns into a conditional first. Am I actively this morning thinking and looking to move Daniil Hunter, who is tied with uh, TJ Watt for the NFL lead in sacks with eight? Absolutely. Do I find it interesting that the former Viking GM himself is saying, the man who drafted Daniil Hunter is saying, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm coming in hot here. Absolutely. Wow. So I would I would say, Mr. Barnwell, Mr. Barnwell, here's what I think of your idea. I think it's only grown uh, uh, hotter in the conversations. And I actually think what you just submitted as an idea, now redo it. Because I think I can get more than what you were saying. Speculation. So interesting here. Yeah, his value has gone up in the last week since this article was written. 100%. Mm-hmm. But James Houston's a really interesting piece here. You're thinking about the draft picks, and I get it. Like, if you can get a first-round pick for Daniel Hunter, you should absolutely do that. But James Houston's a really interesting story here. So, he, like you say, he fractured his ankle. Last year, he, only, he was a sixth-round pick out of Jackson State. Jackson State ring a bell? The Deion Sanders guy. Mm-hmm. So you might think, oh, he's a sixth-round pick out of Jackson State. I don't know. He had offers coming out of high school from Wisconsin, Auburn, Arkansas, Florida. Mm. I think I'm right on this. Did he eschew Florida? Yeah, so he was a Dion guy. Go to a few uh, guys did this. Jackson State. A few guys did portal. this. They passed up really good football schools because Dion convinced them to, which is credit to Dion. 
and this is a this is an article from SI.com here. Falcons legend Deion Sanders compares Jackson State's James Houston the fourth to NFL rising star. Uh Micah Parsons. He moved him to edge at Jackson State, changed okay. his career essentially. Okay. And last year he winds up with only 140 snaps in his rookie season. 17 pressures, eight sacks, four quarterback hits, ten stop tackles. He had a pass rush grade of 88.2, according to Pro Football Focus. A super interesting prospect. If the Lions were like, God, he's not going to help us this year. We can do this thing. Let's go get Daniil Hunter. So a second-round pick and a really good edge-rushing prospect who's under team control for, I think, two more seasons after this is a really interesting proposition. But I'm kind of with you in that this is kind of where, like, this is the bottom of second-round pick, a late second-round pick, and a good player would be kind of like the baseline for my negotiations while yes. I try to call Jacksonville and some other teams. Right. right. And I guess my question is this, I'm, you know, my preference, my first preference is I love this potential because I want to create a bidding war. I don't want it to be like one team. I'd love it to be like three teams. Okay. If I can, my second preference is I would like to not trade him in the division in case he signs an extension. I really don't want to have to face him twice. I know some pe- people care about that. Some don't. Um, but my feeling is this. If I can find an AFC team that wants him and is willing to offer me uh, what I want, basically, let's say it's the same package as Detroit. Let's say it's better. Mm-hmm. I'd love that. I'd love to place Daniil in a conference in which I don't play it a ton. Um, I'd really like to get him out of the division if possible. I, I think I'd be much more, um, I'd be more okay with him. Like if he went to, I don't know, the saints or something, I face them, but not as, as yeah, much. I um, but I, but here's where I think the conversation in the past week has taken a turn is I really do think if you're talking about a contender that it has to be a conditional first round pick, because if they have, if the conditions are, you make the conference championship game, for instance, that's almost a second round pick. Yeah. But I'm still in the first round. And again, yeah. with my own pick, I can play with that more. So mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. So so that's the thing is I'm not saying it's a first round pick on the day the trade is made. It's probably a second round pick. I'm saying it's conditional that if you get if this guy helps you get to where you think that that you have a legitimate shot to go, I want to be compensated properly for his production. Yeah. Curious to hear what Purple Daily listeners and viewers think in that comment section. YouTube comment section, the feedback tab, Scorn North app. Would you do a Daniil Hunter trade? Like, I think we'd all probably do the Jordan Hicks trade. I mean, obviously he's helping you. He's been a catalyst on that defense, but like these trades would, you'd kind of be waving the white flag a little bit. You could still win games without Jordan Hicks the rest of the season, but the Daniil Hunter trade, what would you need to trade Daniil Hunter Vikings fans? That's kind of the question here. So, um, all right. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom. And it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. State of the offense time here, Judley. Are you ready Let's for four key categories? Let's start with uh, the overall snapshot here of this offense. We do this every Thursday, a state of the offense. And it's it's been 
obviously now we're we're getting some sample size here. We're we're six games into the season, so these categories aren't going. They're not going to like jump ten spots in these categories anymore. So where does the Vikings offense rank overall? Points per game, seventeenth. Mm. Yards per play, sixth. So they're moving the ball. They can't cash in in the red zone. You know this has been a story the yeah. whole season. Yep. Expected points added. Now we're getting into the analytics here. Eighteenth best offense. DVOA, 15th best offense. It is kind of concerning that this is the best the Vikings offensive line has been. Kirk Cousins is, you know, I don't think we've seen a ton of signs of like him going over an age cliff. I know they they were without Justin Jefferson for a game and they will be now for a few games, but it's concerning that second year this offense, mostly the same crew, Jordan Addison in the mix, moving off uh, Dalvin Cook was the right decision, but empowering Alex Madison the way that they have hasn't had a positive effect, but they're basically a below average analytical and uh, scoring offense through the first six games, which is a red flag to me. It's a massive disappointment. I don't think it's exactly hard to figure out why to your point. One, the, the red zone efficiency is not, it's not what it should be, especially with some of the red zone pieces, i.e. TJ Hawkinson that exist. The other thing is if you combine inefficiency in the red zone too frequently with turnovers, it's football death. It's absolute football death. Like you think about the amount of times, and we have seen teams, in fact, some Brad Childers teams, Mm -hmm. Phil, that we covered that could move the ball between the 20s like nobody's business. 20 to 20, (laughs) let's go. 19 on in, whoa. Yeah. And so it sort of feels like that. Um, I would, but I would like to know, like, it's funny because a lot of fans that I see on Twitter, so or X, are still convinced that the offensive line sucks. Like it's like, well, you can see by the run game. I don't care what the I don't care what the metrics say. But it's simply not the truth. And so, like, I would love to know what is slowing the run game down. Like, is it Madison, the refusal Madison. to try to use two guys? You know, um, is it something else that we're not picking up on? Like it doesn't make sense that the offensive line is actually by by the metrics doing a good job, a solid job, and that there's no payoff for it. Yeah. It also I will say this when you when you take a closer look at like the Dolphins, the 49ers, the Lions offense too, and some of the ways that both in the running game and the passing game, they unlock big chunk plays. There's just so much more creativity and deception and little things here and there that the Vikings aren't doing. So I think some of it might be just, it's a much more vanilla offensive scheme and playbook, at least whatever they have open right now than we thought it was a year ago. And I think Alex Madison, you know, their offensive line wasn't great last year. It was better run blocking than it was uh, pass protection. But Mm -hmm. for him to have gone basically two full seasons without a 20 yard run over 160 carries 170 carries god that says more about him right and we talk about red zone failure it hurts the vikings that they don't have a running back what what do you need in the red red zone's crowded the red zone is bogged down right there's more bodies in a smaller space you need to loosen it up you need well you either need to loosen it up with some deception and motion and or you need a running back that can break a tackle get some yards after contact and or a quarterback that can just use his legs and make something happen. They don't really have those things. And then, of course, you need receivers and a tight end that don't drop passes or turn it over on the right. goal line, which has happened four times this year. 
I would like to know too, like um, when, when it comes to what we perceive to be, certainly I test wise, a lack of creativity that, that we expected and that clearly other teams use. Kevin O'Connell, does he not, is this a doesn't totally trust Kirk thing? Doesn't totally trust the personnel overall thing? Like what would be, you would think because of the issues with the run game that there would be more deception to yeah. try and create things. And there's really not like, like we, we did see a play uh, on Sunday where they motioned Hawkinson and brought him into the backfield and then, and then used him essentially as a fullback to lead block. I think it was on a, on a uh, outside zone play. Uh, but you know, overall it feels like there would be more reason to be creative to try and work yeah. on things. And we really haven't seen that. Yeah. I mean, I or said it sort of tongue in cheek a couple of days ago that, we're sitting here and we're asking for creativity and we need an artist to paint a Mona Lisa or whatever it is. And you've got a quarterback that's like a bucket of brown paint. Like he's he if you rank quarterbacks based on. OK, like if, if this was a, to use another food analogy, right, if this was a cooking show, a contest and all right, everyone's going to get a certain amount of ingredients. Every head coach, every sure. chef is going to get like a, a list of ingredients that's different from everybody else. And one chef, you know, maybe Miami, Miami's chef gets filet mignon and they get uh you know whatever like they get broccolini that's well seasoned and all this other stuff right and like it does kevin o'connell look at his ingredients at quarterback and at running back and he's looking at shanahan and he's looking at his guy uh you know mike mcdaniel over in miami and saying man i wish it'd be nice if i had some more speed on the edge it'd be nice if i had pieces that i could sure. use you know in 23 personnel 21 personnel like the niners do but you know, you know what this is like on on uh, Top Chef, the Quick Fire Challenge, Quick Fire <laughs> Challenge, man. You gotta you gotta make it up as you go along. And and the thing that I don't. So here's one thing that I I really believe, and it's probably unquantifiable that we've seen less of. And we talked about this. I, I talked about this a lot going into 2022, which is, you know, Kirk is best when he has a puppeteer coach. So like when Kirk is a puppet, and then I am showing Kirk what I need done. So like, don't, yes, I, I agree with your point. If you leave it up to Kirk, you're probably screwed. Like he's going to make a few plays, but you're probably screwed. It felt like Kevin O'Connell a year ago puppeteered Kirk a lot more. And because of that, they had some, they, his stats don't go up, but his success does. And it feels like we're now not doing that. We're not seeing that as much. And I wonder if it's something that happened between them with Kirk you know voicing his dismay about things so my question is why did we go from kirk seeming like a puppet on the strings with kevin pulling the strings to now you're really not doing as much of that yeah and by the way state of kirk cousins on that note in four key categories passer rating sixth in the nfl pretty damn good mm -hmm. qbr 12th pro football focus grade he's ninth and expected points added he's 13th so, you know, he's like 10th if you sort of taking aggregate of of those numbers, which is kind of where he's been with or without sure. Kevin O'Connell. Uh, before we get to just a few key categories here, Judd, let's shout out a couple friends here, starting with BetterHelp. Purple Daily is sponsored by BetterHelp. And so on this show, we provide football therapy for you guys. Well, actual therapy has helped me personally in my life at times through the death of loved ones other big life and professional events. And sometimes I think there's a stigma, especially with, you know, we, we see the analytics on the show, largely men who listen to the show. There's a stigma that, yeah, it's, you know, 
um, I'm just going to sort of swallow it or shove those feelings down. Maybe there are stretches where you feel like your mind is getting in the way of self-progress, but you just ignore it. Uh, well, what you should do or what's good for you is to let a therapist come in and help unlock what's holding you back mentally. Therapy gives you a chance to do that. Think about this. There's like athletes we talk about every day on this show, football players. These are the elite players in the world, and they need coaches to help unlock certain parts of their game. So if that sounds interesting to you, make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash PurpleDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's help, BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash PurpleDaily. Uh, also, you're repping the Park Tavern hat there. Park Tavern's a great partner of ours. We had a great watch party a, oh. a month back. It's a good time out there. That's the home bar of the sports dad himself, right? It's the neighborhood Absol bar of the sports dad. Absolutely. The, the official sports bar of uh, sports dad, Park Tavern, right in my ne neck of the woods here in SLP, lo located off Louisiana Avenue South. It's a place that you can go watch games, enjoy a great beer or two, enjoy fantastic food. And heck, you know what? If you're into bowling, Park Tavern is your bowling headquarters. Absolutely fantastic and if you want to throw a party i'm talking a shindig i'm talking a bash and i'm not talking a small one i'm talking a big one anniversaries birthdays whatever it might be fantasy league drafts guess what park tavern also there for you uh just go to parktavern.net parktavern.net or give uh cheryl a call because she will set you up park tavern they have done this a bunch of times 952-929-6810 952-929-6810 park Tavern located St. Louis Park, Louisiana Avenue South. Check them out. And again, online, parktavern.net has a one-stop shopping website, all the information you need. And a thank you and a shout out to our friends at Summit Orthopedics for their partnership with us here across the Score North podcast. If you're dealing with any type of pain, if you're on the injured list, maybe you're questionable for weekend plans or whatever it is, ankles, back, neck, spine, knees, shoulders, whatever it may be. No referrals are needed. They offer same-day appointments. If you're really hurting, they also offer walk-in orthopedic urgent care seven days a week starting at 8 a.m., 25 locations in the Twin Cities, and you can learn more at summitortho.com. That's summitortho.com. All right, here's the categories. We'll start with this one. It's uh, the best and worst offensive players for the Vikings, according to Pro Football Focus. Okay. I'm not even going to make you guess like we do on Tuesdays. I'm just going to give thank them you. to you. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. The three best offensive players, Just this is just straight up PFF grade on a 0 to 100 scale. Justin Jefferson, Christian Derrissaw, and Josh Oliver. Oh, the blocking. He's He does all the stuff that you don't really see until we get a guy like Boone in to break down the film, and then it's like, oh, look fumble. at that. Block. Yeah. He's got the he's got the fumble, but yeah, no, he probably has done which which again makes it even more uh, difficult to understand why the run game hasn't worked at all. Yeah, and dude, like you if I were to keep offensive lineman, and if I keep going on this list, Garrett Bradbury's having the best season of his career so far. Ed Ingram is a step better than last year. Ezra Cleveland's a step better. Brian O'Neill is the same. Like yeah. everyone is mm -hmm. at minimum top. I think everyone is top fifteen at their position, left or right, like if you bundle everyone in, except for Ingram, who's like a little outside the top 20, and he's like the only weak link in terms of pass protection, yeah. but he's better than last year. So yes. it's interesting. And then the three worst offensive players, according to Pro Football Focus, Alexander Madison, the third worst, CJ Ham, second worst, 
And KJ Osborne has been the worst graded player. He's been the worst, huh? Interesting. Yeah. He's got a bunch of drops. They don't. One, one thing that stood out, yeah. Jordan Addison is like the fourth or fifth worst because of his run blocking. He has a but, 34 run blocking grade out of 100. He's but, awful but he's at not, run blocking. Right, but he's not dropping the ball, which is which is a huge problem. But yeah. that does explain, so that, that might come back and explain uh, part of the run game problem there because, you know, yeah. Ham is expected to, uh, to be a big part of that. And I just think from, and it feels like his snaps have been curtailed a bit since opening week, but I just feel like with Ham, if that was really your goal, like if he was going to be that guy, God bless him. I mean, he's a nice guy and he's a great story. Mm-hmm. But I think you needed to upgrade that. Like if you were going to use that and and if you're not, that's fine. A lot of teams right now in today's league do not rely on a fullback. So if that wasn't your your plan and it was just going to be a guy that played special teams and got used once in a while, I think I think uh, Ham is perfect. But uh, the Madison thing, I just want to know at what point in time are we going to see again a committee approach? Dude, they and they, well here and here's the next category. It doesn't bode well for Madison. Drops are definitely a problem for this team. Oh, now, yeah. I, I, what I don't want to happen after going through this is for all of the Cousins Crusaders, because this is what happens. If there's like a problem, they make it seem like, oh, well, then because there's a fire in the house, there's no possible way that anything good can happen, right? It's all, oh, it's not perfect conditions, but drops are a problem. The Vikings are dropping just under 10% of passes thrown by Kirk Cousins this year. So they're averaging like two to two and a half drops per game, yeah. which is the second highest drop rate in the NFL. Yep. Now there are 14 quarterbacks that sit between a seven and a 10% drop rate. So it's not unique. The Vikings aren't the only team that's dropping passes. It's just that they have more than, you know, they have, uh, and it's a 9.7% drop rate. And the other 13 are between like 7% and nine and a half percent. And then mm-hmm. there's one that's higher. Mm-hmm. So Alex Madison has dropped 22%, basically one in every four passes that's thrown to him. He has dropped this season. He leads the NFL in dropped passes with five KJ Osborne and TJ Hawkinson each have four drops. Only seven players in the NFL have at least four drops. Three of those seven are Vikings players. So the drop, okay. So there, there's a few things here that are at work in this one too. So if you have a game or maybe two games with a bunch of drops or fumbles, that's bad luck. Yeah. Okay. But we now have on the Vikings 2023 resume, we now have six games. Okay. The amount of drops and turnovers is not bad luck. It's bad play. You know, at some point in time, luck becomes your identity and the Vikings identity. And part of the reason why they won 13 games a year ago when it, when everyone said, well, it's all luck. Well, okay. Yeah. Luck helps, but you know what else helps? Good, solid play. And we saw that a lot more a year ago on the drops. I would be curious to actually see them documented. Madison comes to mind as being pure drops. The drop against the chiefs arguably cost the Vikings that game. And it was awful. He started to run before he caught the ball. There was no, there's nothing to do with Kirk. There was nothing to do with anybody. The, the play was blocked up brilliantly. Yeah. That was awful. Some of the Osborne drops, I'm curious, like, do, do they ding him for the pass that was slightly behind him? Yeah. Um, oh. And if that's a drop, that's also not, not 
as Kirk admitted, a bad it's a bad throw too. Mm-hmm. So um, some of Kirk the Hawkinson drops, Kirk. blaming Kirk for the some of the Hawkinson now. drops have been a twofold problem. He needs to catch the ball, but could could some of those throws be improved? Absolutely. Now yeah. I blame TJ more because he's the one that decided not to participate in training camp when this could have been hashed out. Yeah. Um, but you know, I just so. I don't feel the need to defend this team. I feel the need to look for what the problem is and and assess blame fairly, which I think goes to a lot of sources. But on the Madison drops, the majority of those that I have seen are just purely on him. I will say that. Dude, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's like, here's a screen pass all set up, ready to go, and the ball is right in your hands. And there's been two where it's just, there's not even like footsteps. You you can just walk into the end zone or whatever it is and, yeah, and the Chiefs, I mean, the Chiefs one was, there's no excusing that. Yeah. Okay, category three here. TJ Hawkinson has been very underwhelming in some some areas. The drops, definitely. Yep. So that we went over that. He's he's among the league leaders in drops so far this year. Yep. Here's another one, though. His contested catch rate. So that's exactly what you think it is. It's it's a It's sort of a subjective measurement, but... It's, hey, you're close quarters, and there's maybe a defender kind of draped on you, and the quarterback is throwing it to you and trusting that you can make that catch. Certainly not going to bat a 1,000 on these. It needs to be high, though, for his size and, and strength. Yep. So he is he, his contested catch rate this season so far is 33%, which is tied for 27th among tight ends this year. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, Cousins has thrown 12 contested footballs to TJ Hawkinson. He has four catches which is the most contested throws to any target on the team, by the way. Uh, it's three more than Jefferson, and it's six more than both Addison and Osborne. So I was like, well, that's interesting. I wonder where Hawkinson ranked in previous years in contested catch rate, because 27th is awful considering what you're paying him. You're, he needs to catch some of these. Mm-hmm. Well, last year he was 11th in contested catch rate among tight ends, ahead of George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. Two years ago, he was second. Among tight ends in contested catch rate. So that tells me, wow, with the Lions a couple of years ago when you had two years in training camp and right. right, I think you nailed it, dude. Like this should improve as you go along. But yeah. is some of it just like timing? Is some of it not having seen enough of these situations throughout the entire month of August and you're just a month behind yes. where you would yeah. be? Like, I think it's I think you're right, man. Well, he- he, um, I think the comeback from some will be, well, he joined the team, you know, for the Washington game last year and they, they were great. Okay. But his timing was fine. His timing with Kirk probably improved from there, yeah. but his timing was good. He was playing. He literally didn't take part in training camp. I'm sorry, stretching and catching some passes from a coach or a quarterback uncontested in non drills is not taking part in training camp. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, too, is, and I guess this is sort of in Kirk's defense to, to this in- entire thing. Think about how anal Kirk is, like how he likes to work on things. Like Kirk is incredibly new. You say anal, I would say detailed. And detailed. A, well, no, but I mean, attentive. there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying as a quarterback, he likes to work on things. Like he likes things to, he wants to know as much as certain as possible. And when you got a guy who just joins, you know, Hey, I'm back now. All I'm I got my contract. So yeah, I, I think that this was a well, it's not a huge tackle mistake because he got paid. I think this was football wise a big tactical oh, mistake. Life wise, it was great for him. Yeah, so I can't <laughs> criticize him. He he got paid. But um, but I do agree with your last point. The one thing that keeps 
coming to mind. And we saw this a little bit more as the Bears game progressed. I think this will work itself out. Like, I don't think this is a 17-game problem. One more Hawkinson number here. 36 catches is tied for the most among tight ends. So he's tied with Travis Kelsey and Evan Ingram for the most receptions by a tight end so far this year. But he's 31st among tight ends in yards per catch. He has a career low yards per catch, eight and a half. So it's he's just not getting yards after the catch. Some of it might be they're not. Maybe he's not being schemed open the way that he has in the past. And then my last category for you is just the lack of fourth quarter magic. So last season, the Vikings led the NFL with eight fourth quarter comeback wins, and they were first in the NFL in fourth quarter points scoring in points per fourth quarter. Right. So first in those categories. This season, they have zero fourth quarter comeback wins. They've had some chances, too. Uh, And they're 20th in fourth quarter scoring. So that magic that they had, hey, it's a close game at the end, or maybe we're trailing Buffalo, right? Colts. There's all these instances. Let's go, boys. Let's go win a football game for a bunch of different reasons. And we've actually gone over some of them here today, right? They're just not getting that same. You can't rely on fourth quarter magic to carry you for seasons on end, right? Right. At some point, you got to stomp someone. And you don't have to if you don't fumble the ball and catch passes. Well, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So it wouldn't be, you know, again, I mean, think about the Chiefs game. If Alexander Madison just catches that one ball, and I think he probably scores. Yeah. Think about that game. It's totally different. Yep. Yep. A lot of these games are are different. And of course, if yeah, yeah if right. there's a score or two that were turnovers, then there is fourth quarter magic. It's a very thin line. So so there's your, yeah, that's your state of the offense here. Um, also presented in part by our friends over at Finch Home Solutions. Judd. That's right. Let me see if I can find uh I was gonna Declan's say, can, can production. Oh, here we go. So- don't, to do the sound. There oh, there you go. You know what that that sound means? If you have watched PD a lot, you know that sound means only one thing. That means Cody Finch and his team at Finch Home Solutions are arriving at your house right now. Well, not right now, but they could be if you no, have he's any. Standing outside right now. They're, they're not stocking you. Don't worry about it. If you have any electrical issues in your home, big or small, Finch Home Solutions to the rescue. Fast, courteous, efficient. And guess what? They're going to tell you what needs to, to be done. They're not going to sit there and have, try and get you to do work that does not need to be done. They are straight shooters and they are outstanding at, at what they do. For instance, right now it's getting cold outside. So let's say you're considering that hot tub purchase. You're thinking to yourself, you know what? We need a hot tub. Well, there's a lot of electrical work that goes with that. Finch Home Solutions can take care of all of that. Just give them a call, 612-357-2604, or go to finchhomesolutions.com. Finchhomesolutions.com. They love the two things. They love purple, and they love making sure that your home is safe. So make sure you tell them the boys from Purple Daily sent you. And hey, we didn't crash the plane. Let's go. I have nothing to do with it, so, I mean, congratulations to you. You just ate the pretzels and the snacks on this plane, right? Very good. We'll see you guys uh, for a bonus episode later today, a 